Today's show is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout that is timed to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Like Netflix for fitness, Aptiv gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Aptiv. In fact, if you head over to the curator playlists, you'll see a familiar face. I chose seven of my favorite Aptiv workouts so that you can get a well-rounded mix of workouts that will take you from intense cardio to restorative serenity. And these are some of my favorite workouts to do when I'm traveling or if I just have a spare 20 minutes between activities. And because they're the best, Aptiv is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial when you sign up for monthly subscriptions at www.aaptiv.com. Be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT, one word, at checkout in your first 30 days or on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. Today is another fabulous interview. I have invited Danielle Della Valle. She is a certified nutrition therapy practitioner, self-love and mindfulness coach. She is an avid food and nutrition educator. You can find her teaching classes in her community, creating workshops for women, and constantly debating the depths of nutrition information and food policy. She just released her new book, Happy Weight, Unlocking Body Confidence, through bio-individual nutrition and mindfulness, which we're going to talk about today. Danielle lives in Vancouver, Washington, on her homestead, which is one of my dreams, with her husband and their growing and they're growing their own organic food and they spend all their free time outdoors with friends and family. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful. Oh Thank my, you. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. And um, listeners, of course, weren't listening to when you and I first got on the call where I explained that I have a cold. <laughs> I'm on the tail end of a cold. So if I sound a little funny, it's not your speakers, it's me. But we <laughs> We should be fine. Danielle's going to do most of the talking, but I didn't, I didn't want to reschedule because I really, I'm so excited about having you on the show and talking specifically about some of the things that we've got lined up because um, there's such a need, you know, the Fed and Fit podcast audience, all the folks listening here, primarily all ladies, um, uh, holla. <laughs> <laughs> I've been starved. I feel like I've been starved for human contact because I've been cooped up on a couch in like a pile, like a just a mountain of tissues for the last couple of days. So I'm so excited to talk with somebody. But um, you know, they're mostly ladies, and we're all in this um, industry. I think we've we've flocked together because we understand the importance of nutrition, but more than anything, we understand the importance of getting our mindset straight before anything else. It really is priority number one, which is why in my book, Fed and Fit Book, it is um, the first pillar of the four. You know, food is number three after mindset, sleep, and hydration as well. So anyways, um, just wanted to, you know, precede that you're in great company here, Danielle, and I cannot wait to introduce you to everybody. So can you tell us, I read a very brief introduction, but tell us a little bit more about your story, a little bit more about your book, um, and your your mission with your work, what you're really trying to accomplish. 
Yeah. So, um, a similar viewpoint, I, you know, am the type of person that thinks that it's 90% psychology and 10% doing it really. But I started in the food industry, worked in the food industry for about 10 plus years and then got into nutrition after having, of course, a lot of us come to it with our own issues, you know, had some leaky gut and, and some stuff kind of going on with that. And then once I healed through ancestral health, Um, primarily I was using the GAPS diet um, initially and kind of, you know, learned and grew through that, worked in a clinic and then, um, which was actually a medical weight loss clinic. I was a principal nutritionist for like seven centers and really got my 10,000 hours of, of really understanding what the modern American woman is like, you know, in terms of her daily life and her thought process, you know, I was seeing like 20 women a day. And then I decided to open my own practice because I started to see that my ideas were changing in terms of how I was going to approach, you know, helping someone to find what worked for their body and then specifically what worked for their lifestyle because everybody's so different. And I learned in school about bioindividuality, but it really just kept coming back and kept coming back. And so that's when I decided to write Happy Weight because I had seen the same theme over and over and over again that, you know, women are trying to fit in this tiny little mold. And I realized that that's just not possible because we're all so incredibly different. So, you know, obviously the book is a little bit more in depth than that, but it really just always comes back to knowing that not every single one of us is the same. So, yeah, it's beautiful. What drew me in, Daniela and I first connected at the nutrition therapy association conference up in Portland, Oregon, not too long ago. And she had a booth there and I was drawn to her because of this book cover. And it's just, you have, you guys have to, well, you don't have to Google it cause I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but <laughs> you can pull up her book. Um, it's just this beautiful picture of these four really just happy ladies. Um, anyways, I, you can describe the book cover a little bit more, but it just drew me in. There was something, there's something really magical about happy weight, um, and understanding, what is right for you and your body type may not be right for other people and vice versa. Um, so I would like to, I would love it if you would share a little bit more about your perspective on bio-individuality and how that fits in with uh, nutrition. Because what we're confronted with today is a bunch of solutions, right? And they're presented because there's a lot of marketing that has to go into a business proposal in the sense of my business product is this 30-day fix, this 30-day kind of cure-all. And most people like to present their product or program as a one-size-fits-all type of program, right? And they try to put it out there as this will work for anybody and everybody and you'll be able to achieve your goals. Um, And something that I like to emphasize is um, I call it their perfect you plan in the context of the Fed and Fit Project, but finding what's right for you because it's not going to look at all like what's right for somebody else. And that, that is not only just the right nutritional scope for you, um, fitness plan or sleep or hydration plan, or even mindset practices or goals, everything's going to look so different. So anyways, that's just, again, context from where we're coming from, but I would love if you would describe a little bit more about bio-individuality and how you've been able to, um, use that practice and coaching folks through this, uh, through this process of, finding their happy weight or understanding what that is. 
Absolutely. I, I think that you and I have similar principles in that aspect. You know, it's really about trying to find what works for you as an individual. I know that people that have that one size fits all mentality, initially their intentions are very pure yeah. because they're, they're, they're out there just like everybody else trying to, you know, really help someone find their health path. But the, the issue with that is, is that there is a lot of programming and there's a lot of brainwashing that comes with this, these marketing tactics where it's just about, you're going to look just like this one person, <laughs> even though you don't look like that person and you have nothing in common because my perspective of bioindividuality is that all of our genetics are completely different from one another. All of our uh, environmental uh, oxidative stressors are completely different from one another. Uh, we, it mean, just even anything we've been exposed to, uh, financial kind of backgrounds, that type of stuff, there's not one single person on this planet that's going to be exactly the same, even though there's 7 billion of us we're all very different. And so just really trying to approach health from that mindset and understand that, uh, you know, Sally over here, uh, she doesn't have a taste for meat because she might have a zinc deficiency, you know, but uh, Rhonda over here, she's perfectly fine with eating meat and a high protein diet works for for her, you know, so it's mm -hmm. just one of those things that not everybody's going to have the same path. And wherever you get started, there's no fault in that. That's what happy weight is really about, like lack of judgment. And it's about giving everybody space and permission to kind of find their journey. But that bio-individual aspect should always be at the foundation of understanding that, you know what, like don't let another person push their their ideals or their fervor of what they believe in on you. They can give you tips, but you're going to, you know, it's really good to kind of stay steadfast in what works for you as a person. So. I love that. And it's so freeing because when you, and you and I, I'm sure, well, I'm, you don't know if you've actually done this. <laughs> I say you and I, I always feel like I'm talking to readers like they're, or listeners like they're sitting right next to me, but there's so many of us who have gone through diets and they, we looked at that person on the poster as, you know, here's this diet and here's this person who did this diet and you go through these steps and you will look like this person. And, and you'll be this radiant, happy person, you know, that we've got pictured here. And I've been through that. And there's this very defeating feeling when you go through those steps and it doesn't work for you that way. And you don't think, what, or at least I did not think at that point in time as a consumer at that stage, that there's something wrong with the program. I thought that mm -hmm. there was just something wrong with me. There's something messed up with me and I just don't fit in with this mold. And why, and maybe I just didn't do it right. Maybe I'm just not meant and there's the, and then so then you start like pulling into these feelings of self-worth and those start to take to chip away at it. And then just to touch on the bio-individuality furthermore, I don't know, Danielle, did you hear Rob Wolf's talk while we were at the NTA conference? I did. I did. You did. So yes. you can probably fill in the details that are a little fuzzy for me <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, but something that I really, really enjoyed hearing him talk about and now this story has been through a couple of dinner parties since I've talked about it and shared the same story. So <laughs> who knows? It's like the game of telephone, how I've uh, changed it. Um, and I'm going to have Rob come on the show in a couple of weeks as well so he can share more uh, directly for all the listeners here. But um, he gave a really wonderful example of bioindividuality when it comes to cultural groups. And he gave an example of a study that was conducted studying, I believe it was cardiovascular disease across mm -hmm. the Inuits, right? So those, um, 
the kind of Arctic regions of uh, native tribes. They live on really high fat, high protein diets, Mm -hmm. very low carbohydrate, and they track the cardiovascular disease presence, or it could have just been lifestyle diseases, what so many refer to as, you know, diabetes and things like that, um, compared prevalence of those diseases to a tribe in Africa. Um, I believe that's where it was, and I don't remember the name of the tribe. This is where the details are fuzzy. And, <laughs> and anyways, and they who lived off of a very high uh, carbohydrate diet, low fat, low protein, and while consuming their own native nutritional spectrum, what was considered to be an appropriate macronutrient spectrum spectrum for what, where they were raised, they had very low rates of cardiovascular disease and these other lifestyle diseases. However, when they switched them over and changed those macronutrient profiles, you know, the Inuits started to consume more carbohydrates, less fat, less protein, and then vice versa for the other tribes started to consume more fats and more proteins and less carbohydrates, their uh, prevalence of diseases started to rise and their markers started to come up. And the idea is, you know, all, both of those were trying to essentially put them on what would be considered an American macronutrient profile. You know, where we kind of like to see even relatively even numbers across those three boards. Um, and the point is we have to look at our um, our genetic predisposition, right? How what what is what are we wired to do better with? And that has to your point of bioindividuality. What's right for somebody has the picture is so much larger than us just being a human being and being a consumer and being able to um, yes, we can put ourselves through all these different challenges and protocols that are very strict and don't allow for a lot of room for modification. But at the end of the day, um, your, your composition is different than everybody else's. Anyways, I just thought that was so interesting. If you remember the name of the tribe, feel free to shout it out. I, I wish I did, but I know exactly, you know, what you're referring to it. And it is super important. That's why I talk a lot about making sure you get tests done in my book because Mm -hmm. genetic testing primarily is very important to find out exactly like what is your genetic makeup and Rob Wolf just like several other people in the community like Nora Gagatis you know talk Mm -hmm. about you know genetics like being kind of a loaded gun you know what you're going to eat is going to pull the trigger in terms of your gene expression uh, because a lot of people think oh I'm genetically predisposed to this disease but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case it really means you know what are you fueling your body with that your genes are going to react to so that's that's the thing it's just like what you said is that people kind of go down this cycle of saying like what's wrong with me and there's a lot of shame and a lot of blame if a program doesn't work for them. And yeah. and that's the devastating aspect of it is that some people in the community are not necessarily equipped with the idea of bioindividuality and they think, oh, you're just not doing it right. And so then that shame is kind of reaffirmed and then it really turns people away from trying to find their path to health. So just really trying to support people through the process and trying to continue to investigate. Investigation is super important because if one thing isn't working, that means that there could be another variable that is not being addressed. So great. Oh, this is so wonderful. Um, (laughs) There needs to, in there, you know, it's interesting because if you look at the consumer market, this model of bioindividuality, go off and figure it out for yourself. You know, not 
not really, those aren't the words that I would use, but essentially empowering you to know that there's going to, your solution is going to be different from everybody else's. And there isn't necessarily something you can just order off of a menu um, that's already ready for you. I think it's, it's not as sexy of a proposition, right? It's not as appealing. It's not a one size fits all easy fix. Um, but this is really where I want to devote more attention to and point people in, in your kind of direction. Um, anyways, that's wonderful. I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service that you guys, I personally use and trust for paleo and gluten-free friendly meals. When you sign up, you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. After only one to three hours of prepping on the weekend, you'll have all of your meals ready for the entire week. You'll save time and have amazingly delicious meals like smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or turkey and zucchini lasagna. I have been blown away by the quality of the recipes and how easy they make meal planning. The founder, Allison, is offering you, the lovely Fed and Fit listeners, a free two-week trial to try it out. You really can't beat that. Check out prepdish.com forward slash fed and fit for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash fed and fit for your first two weeks Free. This is a no-brainer. You're going to love it. Okay, so I want to talk about a new, a, another topic, something that you're very passionate about. Yes. And it's the idea of women reclaiming power through health. I mean, A to the men. And I love what you said. These are all, <laughs> these are all Danielle's words that I jotted down earlier, just so you know. <laughs> um, but in that body positivity could be the new form of feminism. And it's so interesting. When I had my own health transformation, this was about eight years ago now, eight to nine years ago. And I came from the yo-yo dieting really feeling down on myself, thinking there was something wrong with me. There wasn't anything wrong with the diets. Um, and anyways, going through all that stuff, when I finally put health in my hands and I screwed my head on straight and I was like, well, let me think critically about my health, do some, my own critical analysis and thinking and stop being a victim to these diets, these arbitrary systems that other people have set up and let me figure this out for myself. Um, and also take the concept of if it didn't work, it doesn't mean that I'm not worth something else working. Take that out of the equation. And as soon as life started to work for me and I found a nutrition protocol that worked for me and I started to implement a mixed fitness routine that really worked for me and made me feel very empowered, I really, I, it was a unique kind of power that you're, that you feel. And when I started Fed and Fit, Danielle, I named it Fed and Fit because that's how I felt. You know, that, that's, I love it. You know, that, that <laughs> state of feeling powerful. And it's not a, I'm in pursuit of feeling this way. It is, I am fed and I am fit. It has nothing to do with what my body looks like. It has nothing to do with the foods that are showing up on my plate. It has nothing to do with how much I can bench press or deadlift. It is a state of mind. I am fed and fit. And I wanted people to feel that kind of empowerment. And it was through health. So anyways, this is just all I'm trying to do is rah-rah cheer you on. Because I just so <laughs> love these talking points. So can you share more about your, um, your efforts in trying to further this message 
of body positivity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. The whole fed and fit mentality is important because it doesn't matter what you look like. It's about being strong Mm -hmm. and capable and feeling confident just in yourself, you know? And so what happy weight really is, is what I like to call as an anti-diet manifesto, because it really tries to almost deconstruct that programming like I was talking about and not thinking that we just need to be on a diet and lose weight. It's it's so much more than that. It's about really feeling fulfilled when you wake up in the morning. It's about looking at yourself naked in the mirror and loving what you see. And it's about really regaining that power. Like I was saying before, you know, the body positivity is a new form of feminism, because if we find that strength in our wellness protocols, we feel like we've really accomplished something. So not, like I said, not every diet or every kind of protocol is going to work the same for every person. But when you find that one that does work for you and you're feeling fantastic and your energy is killing it, your sleep is awesome, you know, digestion is a huge piece of it. When everything kind of comes full circle and we're feeling physiologically well, then it really doesn't matter kind of where your body ends up just as long as you're feeling good about yourself. And that's why I did put those four beautiful naked ladies on the cover of the book because I wanted people to see the different kind of uh, variation of what I'm trying to support here. And the idea is it's not about your size. It's not about, you know, the way that you are going to do it compared to another person. Because some people have a completely different idea where they eat, sleep, and breathe, you know, their wellness protocols, and that works for them. But some people don't have the lifestyle that can support that either. So it's about just really giving that freedom and finding that strength And really just not trying to shame yourself into these ideas that you think of what you're supposed to be. Like uh, Jen, you know, she's the um, she's the Filipino gal that I have on my cover and she is an Olympic powerlifter. And if you watched CrossFit games, they're going to look a little bit different, but she can do just about the same thing thing that they can. And so it's the thing about realizing that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other. We should just be lifting each other up to try and find what is going to work best for us so that we can just feel awesome every day. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Okay. I want to talk about the next one, which I think plays really well into this next topic. And it's the concept of community. Um, and something trying to stay present and building a community when talking about food, sharing food, um, and sharing with people in real life. Uh, you and I kind of pre-chatted about this, but can you share with folks what you really mean by that? Community is something that's super important to me. And it's really funny because I, I don't think I'd ever understood the word, uh, until I'd heard it from a friend in my early twenties. And, you know, now a decade later, it's something that is just foundationally really important to me because I've stepped, my husband and I study a lot about like centenarian cultures and people that live, you know, well into their hundreds and what really is at the foundation of their culture and its community. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can build community anywhere. We can build it online. You know, we can build it at home, but the physical aspect of community is it's really, it's, it doesn't have a comparison, you know, really feeling like you belong to something. So what I like to encourage people to do is that if you do learn information online or, you know, through these online groups that people have when they're learning about their wellness and that type of stuff is bringing it back home. Not necessarily like 
home home because sometimes we can't be a prophet in our own home. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to kind of like change the protocols of our loved ones. But bringing it back to friends and, and people that either, you know, at your church or your local community center or your work, you know, just really trying to influence positively and just being a positive mirror of the things that you're doing because people will catch on, they'll want to be a part of it. And you could teach something to someone that is absolutely life-changing that you think is just commonplace. Because at this point in my career, I feel like everybody knows what I know, but then I realize nobody, you know what I mean? It's a very small percentage of people that that have spent every single moment of their life learning the things that I have over the last, you know, five to 10 years. And so I just little bits and pieces of information can be life changing to a new person. So really just trying to be as involved as you can in your own backyard, because it really can change everything around you. I love it. (laughs) We're just going to sit on the show and just high five each other constantly. Um, I did a, uh, oh gosh, I, I got, I got all fired up the other day, Danielle, on Snapchat of all places, mm. and I um, I had a little rant, and it was it was playing to this exact point. So it is not forgetting or or not trying to do our best to remember to celebrate folks who are just starting, and not criticize or hold them to the same standard that we hold ourselves. So, for example, you and I are in the business. And, and this is my point is I think that it's it's appropriate for everybody to think of themselves as in this business. You and I are in the business of opening up a, a wide door and trying to welcome as many people in as possible, right? So we're trying to cater to folks who have been on this wellness journey for years, and we're trying to cater to folks who are just now getting started. Maybe this is the first time they've ever heard of bio-individuality or uh, pursuing a happy weight or just trying to be well overall. Um, maybe it's the first time they've ever, maybe they were just recently diagnosed with something and they're trying to figure out if they can um, work around it with diet and lifestyle habits. So those folks just getting started, they need to celebrate the little wins. And those are just as important as somebody who learns something eight years into maybe a, a paleo type lifestyle, right? Learning the, the fine tune things. So um, on Snapchat, I had talked about, for example, Starbucks had those little sous vide egg cups. Did you ever come across those? No. Oh, man. So Starbucks has these sous vide egg cups, and apparently they're discontinued in several markets now. So <laughs> I'm a little late to the party. But oh, yeah, so they have these. What they did is they made these little egg cups. So it was a breakfast option that didn't include a biscuit was mm. the idea. And some of it had cheese in it, and some of them had some kind of scary ingredients. But... I wanted to sh- highlight it because there are folks out there who will only eat breakfast if it comes through a drive-thru, right? Mm, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm, like I'm pointing a finger and saying shame. I'm trying to say, hey, if that's your habit, here's another alternative, right? And maybe, this is, maybe this is a really good alternative to the, the taco or the biscuit, you know, whatever it is that you're used to driving through and grabbing. And I think it's important to celebrate those wins when the market, you know, when a, when a company like Starbucks wants to put something out like that out there, it's important to celebrate that. And it's important to celebrate people's choices, not berate them for, you know, one of the ingredients that it might call for. Maybe it wasn't made with the best oil, but it's a better alternative than others. And another one is on the beauty spectrum. So I'm really involved now in a safer beauty company, several of them, um, promoting 
just being more aware of the kind of ingredients we're putting on our skin. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. And there was a, I've shared a video recently of a concerned dad who I think you'll love this. This is a concerned dad. And he had this, his daughter came home from a sleepover or a party, some sort of a party. Oh, the lip gloss. Did you watch that? I did. Yes. So hear this. Okay. So this, for everyone who didn't see this video, and <clears throat> you can go to my Facebook page to watch it. It was his dad whose daughter came home with this strawberry lip gloss. And he, she came home and he read the ingredients on the back of it. And he was horrified by some of the ingredients that were in this lip gloss that were just handed out at a party. So he decided to go on Facebook just to help promote awareness. And he said it with a lot of love and a lot of compassion, right? And he mm -hmm. was like, he was like, it's just about us being more aware about the kind of ingredients that is in this stuff. Some of these toxic ingredients that go on our skin and are then introduced into our bloodstream and the bloodstream of our children who we're trying to protect, right? And raise to be really healthy humans. Anyway, so in this video, it was wonderful. He, he referred people to the EWG Skin Deep uh, website where you can go and you can test, you know, what is the toxic load of these different ingredients in these household products. But in this video, he used the word avoid chemicals in your, um, in your personal care products. And some people came back and said, well, water is a chemical, so this is ridiculous. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, yes. Yes, you're right. Water is a chemical. It is. But um, that doesn't discredit his point. And so to your, to your point, I think it's important to celebrate people who are just getting started and not hold other folks, uh, their feet to the fire of this perfectionism that we've worked really, really hard to achieve um, in a, a sort of professional excellence and just celebrate folks who are getting started. Sorry, I got off on a major tangent. I'm gonna, no. I'm going to blame the head cold. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, to kind of uh, fuel your point a little bit, he did use a word or a term that a lot of people have not heard before, and he said endocrine disruptor. And so that was what caught me hardcore because I was like, hell yes to that. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, if people – water is not an endocrine disruptor. So right. if you really want to kind of focus on the chemicals – that are in these beauty products, okay, look up what the endocrine disruptor is because that is what is going to ultimately affect your hormones and change your DNA into an inflammatory state. So it is important to pay mm -hmm. attention to the things that you are putting on your body. No shame to anyone who's just getting started into that aspect. It takes some people years. Like my best friend, we've been best friends for a very long time and she just recently, you know, switched to a non-toxic home. Mm -hmm. And so, and then now it's like nothing can come in her house that has any sort of like disruptor <laughs> in it. But yeah, so it's just like, you know, starting that conversation is very important. I think that video was super powerful, especially because he's trying to teach his daughter at a very young age, you know, to be aware of those things. I thought it was really powerful too. And it, and it goes back to your point of community, right? Taking what we've learned about our own health and in his profession, right, I think he has something to do with, I don't know, he's a chemist of some sort. Oh, okay. Um, but sharing that with our community, his was just a personal Facebook post, um, but sharing it with our community, bringing it home, that's the way that we really help, I don't know, make, make these movements larger and uh, more significant. Okay, and then the last thing that we wanted to talk about today and I will let you talk, I'm sorry, I keep jumping in, is culture, <laughs> is culture and travel, getting out there and learning through other people's food cultures. Can you share more about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was blessed at a very, very young age to experience culture. Um, the first culture I experienced was Guatemalan because um, I had a caretaker just really basically after birth and was raised by very powerful Latino women um, other than my mother. I mean, I love my mother, but I was definitely watched over by these women. And then I spoke Spanish before I spoke English. And so I had a lot of like Latina culture kind of ingrained in my childhood. And then as soon as I could, I was um, in a bilingual program uh, for my whole sixth grade year. I only spoke Spanish. And then eventually I lived in Norway and China and I've traveled all over the world and learned actually mostly about ancestral health through these cultural experiences. And so I, I really always want to encourage people to experience as much culture and travel that can actually happen in their backyard. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm in Beaverton, Oregon right now, and there is an Asian food center here in Beaverton, Oregon, you know, and in the parking lot I'm sitting in right now, you know, so there are ways in our own backyard we can experience food culture and understand that like there is deep roots of ancestral health in every single culture. And so that was something that was really important to me. And especially coming back to happy weight and bioindividuality and genetics and differences, you know, just really kind of like tasting the world and understanding that there are different kind of nutrient components that come from all of these beautiful ancestral cultures um, that a lot of us don't necessarily get day-to-day -day experience. Because even though we have access to the world wide web, um, <laughs> that doesn't mean that we are actually investigating other things because even, you know, you look at Facebook, some of us can actually tailor it to see just the things that we want to see. So sometimes we can still get that kind of tunnel vision, even if we're on the internet. So just really trying to reach out and try something new. I'm very, very, very um, adventurous with food. So anytime there's something super crazy I can try, I'm going to try it. Like my husband and I went into this underground Japanese restaurant in New York one time and ate lung and heart and, oh. you know, all this delicious organ meat. And it was a very traditional uh, like teppanyaki style Japanese restaurant where it had like the open grill and we grilled all our organ meat and it was fantastic. And so just like not really passing by these things that we think are going to be weird and just actually embracing them and just really learning through that process. Cause we can learn a lot about our health and ourselves through that as well. So I love it. Thank man. <laughs> so great. So much goodness, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the show you. and being so patient with me and my musings. Um, <clears throat> everybody who listened to today's show, remember that I will link to Danielle's book um, and I'll link to your, your website. Is that a good place to direct folks? Yeah, absolutely. You can either find me on DanielleDelaValley.com or you can find uh, things about the book at HappyWeightBook.com uh, or even just on Amazon looking for Happy Weight. Awesome. So, I'll link to all yeah. those things to make life easy for everybody here on <laughs> FedAndFit.com. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on today's show. It was a true pleasure and I am so excited that we got to share some of your story and your message with the listeners here. Everybody listening, remember you can find a complete transcript of today's show on FedAndFit.com if you want to read back and, and learn anything. And if you like the show, we always ask to head to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps get this show into the hands of other folks in the future. Thanks again for coming on and everybody will be back again next week.